and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this week we celebrate our Independence Day which means that Forbes India brings us the Independence Day package and joining me to talk about it are senior editor Dinesh Narayanan from Delhi and editor in chief R Jagannathan from Mumbai. Good evening both of you. Dinesh Jaggi. Hi. Hi Abhishek. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And every year, Dinesh, you are pretty much a default participant when we talk about the independence issue. Each year we have a theme. Uh, in 2010, you looked at some of India's biggest geopolitical challenges. In 2011, it was about how the government was under the cosh for its failure to govern. Last year, we discussed as to what are the fundamentals of a great nation. What is the theme this year and why? Basically, the theme this year, actually, we wanted to look a very close look at the idea of freedom itself from all perspectives, because I think this is uh, the last Independence Day before the elections, and uh, a lot of these issues are going to play out in the coming months as uh, parties position themselves for various kinds of change and other things. The preceding three years have also been a very tough one for this country, where all kinds of issues have been brought to the fore by the people, whether it's the Anna Hazare agitation or the Delhi gang rape related protests. So a lot of mutinies are bubbling up. Business has simply gone on strike. They are not investing at all. If you see, there is a whole host of events and non-events that are preceding the next election. So business is not investing and they feel their freedoms are curtailed. Government is simply not acting. Bureaucrats are not getting projects off the ground. I think this is the context in which the last independence day before the elections are being held. So we thought we should look at the entire range of freedoms and where it is holding people back. It is not just business freedom, but we are also looking at the advent of crony capitalism. We are looking at uh, what are the social factors that are inhibiting inclusiveness. What's the problem in health? What's the problem in education? What's the problem in public sector? All these things we have tried to look at. Dinesh, would you want to add to this? You've written an opening essay as well, which sets the tone for the rest of the essays. Yes, Jaggi has summed up what the, the theme is all about. I mean, it's quite visible even in the recent events as well, you know, especially the, the Durga Shakti Nakpal case, which is playing out in Noida and Delhi right now. I mean, that goes on to show the kind of restrictions or the kind of straitjackets in which people operate, bureaucrats or politicians. Even the central government is not able to do anything about, you know, what Malayam Singh Yadav and Akhilesh Yadav are doing in UP not allowing an officer to go ahead with whatever it takes to stop illegal sand mining. And that incident shows you know, how much the freedoms of professionals as well as other businessmen, of even politicians, is curtailed in this country today. Right. But some would argue that this is pretty much the story of India almost since it was liberalized in 92. The difference perhaps is that the schemes are, as in the scams are inflation adjusted and there are a few more people talking about it on Twitter and Facebook. So what's different this time that you wanted to highlight? I think we are paying the price for our sins for not doing much in by way of reform. As Dinesh has pointed out in his overview, I mean, uh, you have done one level of reforms, but they are not logically followed through. Uh, capital reforms have happened where business can easily raise capital. But the related reforms related to other factors of production, like labor, natural resources, like whether it is energy or iron ore, and you're not at a transparent system, and you don't have uh, fundamental things done like that. So land, labor, natural resources, you're not done the reforms necessary. You only freed capital. So just by raising capital, you can't produce economy. So capitalists may be happy with the fact that they can raise capital where they want. 
But what do you do with capital if the remaining factors of production are all bound hand and foot? So that's the substance of what uh, Dinesh has written, where he talks about if you don't uh, reform energy, land, and labor, you're not going to get full-fledged reform. You've done one-fourth of the reform. The other three-quarters is left, and that is what is boiling over now. And you're seeing that the Supreme Court has to step in and say, you can't do this kind of iron ore mining. I mean, you're going to have land legislation. All kinds of things are going to come. I think till these reforms are carried out, you're going to have an economy that's not going to operate on all cylinders. Just to add to that, for the past 66 years, we have been operating in a very ad hoc manner. There is no real processes, there are no real systems which have been built over the years. And even the systems and, uh, and institutions which were built are also under threat today. The electoral system is under threat. Uh, even institutions like, uh, let's say, something like even the Reserve Bank of India's autonomy is under threat today. So you don't know where all this cutting at the base of hacking on at the base of institutions is going to land up this country. There are a lot of issues surrounding not just business freedoms, other freedoms as well, whether it is private space, whether it is your freedom of expression, whether it is freedom of acting in a professional manner. All kinds of freedoms are curtailed today. Some of them are on paper. I mean, you can't release a movie without getting uh, you know, the powers that be in Bombay allowing it to be released. So you can't openly discuss an issue. You can't have a debate of very high quality at all because the debate itself is cuddled at the most superficial level because it's either hurt someone or it somebody thinks that it is against their sensibilities. So all kinds of freedoms are under threat today. That's a fair point. So in other words, can we say that there's a little too much meddling by the government? I'm not saying it's just the government. I'm saying there are a lot of other extra government non-authorities as well which are curtailing freedoms. It's not just the government. I mean, anybody who has a little bit of power, it could be political power, it could be bureaucratic power, it could be an NGO power, it doesn't matter. There are a lot of influential organizations and people which have come up because they have to protect a certain vested interest. It's curtailing freedoms. Right. On these lines, you have an array of essays. Now, how did you reach out to these people? And if you can give a bit of a background as to how did you choose certain individuals to write these? And what is the common theme that runs through uh, all the essays that describe this Independence Day package? Dinesh and I had reached out to a lot of people. The common thread is each person has a perspective on uh, where the issues are. And some people are sector experts. Some people are broad uh, thematists. For example, I mean, it is not that though we are largely pro-business as a magazine, we are, I asked Pratap Banu Mehta to write that, look, uh, capitalists are their own worst enemies. They are the ones who are actually damaging capitalism. So that's an important point to make, that instead of business speaking in one voice, you are trying to speak for your narrow sense of business and you are actually ruining the field for all businesses. So that's a critical thing that business needs to also understand. So the important thing is we have done some reforms, but we have made it specific to little favors here and there instead of making it uniform and applicable to a whole raft of industry. So that's the key point that one of the writers is making. So it's not that all of them have a theme in terms of saying the same thing, but they say that you have to look at the same aspects in different ways. And that's what uh, the different writers do. I think Dinesh can probably add to that. Nation building is not the prerogative of the government or the preserve of the government. A lot of factors have to come together. It's like game theory. All the players getting the maximum benefit might not be the best case scenario. There is an optimum which is probably not at the top level, it's somewhere just below the top. To find that optimum, all these factors, business, society, NGOs, government, all of them have to come together and function like, you know, complementing each other rather than having an adversary. I mean, there is an amount of adversarialism in all, 
you know all these elements of a nation but those have to be creatively used not necessarily be be at each other's throats all the time one of the things which come up often is the issue of corruption and how in chronic capitalism there is an always a very strong incestuous relationship between the government and business which is what is probably at its peak today now take the example of some of the american companies who have to operate in india because they have uh, an act there which controls corruption in foreign countries the case of walmart for instance they are taking a really look at the entire indian business because of their mexican problems now one of the stories which appeared in the media about walmart it said that a transporter for walmart was sacked because he admitted that he cannot keep the cost of his operations low unless he pays bribes to all the intermediaries in the transportation business now a company like walmart then refuses to hire someone like that to pay bribes when you're going to lose business because you cannot keep your costs low because of corrupt practices or other not so right ways then probably there is an incentive for people to you know again straighten up then probably there would come pressure from outside there will be competition the flip side of that is that the indian businessmen who are more comfortable doing business in this way might feel that okay here is a chance we have a competitive edge where we can get into all kinds of practices and still no get ahead of the foreign companies because they would not uh, compete on on a matter of principle it could go either way but i would hope that it goes the better way that better practices from across the world will come to india and those will help us improve systems here and probably a lot of issues like corruption will be dealt with in this manner at least well on that hopeful note i think it's time to wrap up thanks a lot dinesh and jaggi and all your listeners a very happy independence day thank you very much thanks abhishek All you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as theindicast.com type in forbes india on the top right window of iTunes and you can subscribe to us it's free to so have someone contact you from forbes just message forbes to 51818